This is Authors in Focus. Hi, I'm James Reed, a fantasy author publishing under JMD Reed. The first volume in my epic 12-book fantasy series, Shadow of the Dragon, is available for purchase. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today, I'm joined by Cassie Grotman. She is the author of Reagan, Chant for Trouble, book one. How are you doing today, Cassie? I'm doing great. The sun's shining, and that always helps. <laughs> How about you? Um, it's cloudy. It's been raining like all week here. Uh, really like heavy downpours. So I don't know. <laughs> find out. Well, that's no fun. I mean, I guess some people do enjoy the rain. It gives you an excuse to sit inside and read, but I'd rather sit out in the sun and read. So I'm more of a sit inside person, so I don't mind it. <laughs> well, good then. But then I have to take out the trash and then it's like pouring down rain. <laughs> Like, yeah, you don't uh, want to let that build up too long. No, no. Well, I was like to start these interviews out with a dumb question or two. So, Cassie, what is your favorite day of the week to write? I'm going to go with probably Thursday. It's a less busy day for me. I, I have a pretty busy schedule. So I would say I prefer to write on Thursdays, but, you know, I actually tend to get more done on the days I am busy because I'm like, oh, no, I only have, you know, one hour to get all of this done. And so I get it all done. Whereas on Thursday, I'm like, oh, well, I got a little extra time. I could, you know, mess around a little bit and then I don't get as much done, but I do enjoy it more. So <laughs> I know what you, I know what you mean. I, I mean, I, I work from home, uh, ghostwriting and writing and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm uh, like, I don't. I don't have as much to do today, and then I'll just use that as an excuse to be lazy. And then <laughs> I don't. Then I'm like, oh no, I'm, I don't have time. I work, or I end up working, having to work late because exactly. I'm lazy in the day. Because I'm like, yeah, I don't have to work hard. I don't have that yeah. pressure on me to get things done. Yeah. Wait a second, it's 9 p.m. and I don't even have half my list done. How did that happen? Yeah, well, that kind of hit me yesterday when I. <laughs> Someone was someone started playing the Stanley Parable on Twitch, and um, <laughs> that game is crazy. And they just released like a, a new version of it that has all sorts of more crazy stuff to it. Oh, fun! And, uh, I don't know. If you ever heard of yeah. Stanley Parable? It's not, that, that's it's hard to really, resist. <laughs> yeah, it's a very um, it's a very meta game, all about like actual like you know game storytelling, and you know mm-hmm. it's just it's just a creator who tells you what to do, and he gets mad if you don't do what he tells you to do, and he'll get. <laughs> You start like getting very passive aggressive. That <laughs> if you sounds don't hilarious. Story. It's all about the I don't know the illusion of choice in video games. Like you, mm-hmm. like so, video games want to pretend like you can do anything, but you can't. Right. Yeah. You can do what the game lets you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You get to the end, and no matter what path you chose, it's the same ending. Yeah. That on was many on many games. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to talk about Mass Effect here. I'm still bitter about that. Yeah. About like yeah. games worth of stuff building up to what color is your ending? That that was it. <laughs> yeah. The red just, ending. Blue just ending. blow things green. up and yeah. <laughs> no, that was it. It was like, oh, okay. Your choices yeah. really didn't matter. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what they do with the new game if they're actually including Commander Shepard, like is the rumor, and how that will all work because I don't know how they will incorporate everybody's choices. There's one ending in Mass Effect Three where. 
it shows Shepard like breathing at the very last shot. Mm-hmm. So you have to do the destroy ending and you have to like have mass war score and you can actually does show Shepard alive. Yeah, that was a di- an addition later after everybody was really mad. <laughs> uh yeah, maybe I think so. Yeah, that was in the uh <laughs> extended one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I can't say much. I'm actually working on the remaster right now, so. Oh, you're I, playing through it. Playing I'm on like, it, yeah. yeah no, sorry, no. For playing like, through wait. it. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah, no, have fun. It's, uh, I mean, I like, I really liked the game up until we got to the, um, <laughs> the ending. Yeah, right? Like, like, I thought the game had a really great ending. I was like, I like this ending. And then I'm like, why is the game continuing? No, what's this Star Child <laughs> stuff? No. What this is whole, happening? Like, the whole, this whole Shepherd with his commanding officer, it was really touching. I was like, I could go, I could see a series ending this way. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Even Shepherd dying at the end wouldn't have been that bad, except for you have to, like, make terrible choice at the end, you know, if, if you want to kill Edie or any of that type of stuff, you know, if you want to. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I didn't like the choices very much. Nor did I. I didn't really like the choices either. Then uh they were so dumb. I saved I got the Geth and the Quarry. We're this is the Mass Effect podcast now and not the Authors and Focus. That's podcast. right. That's right. <laughs> but like I got the the Geth and the Quarian to be friends. And then like the guy at the end of the game's like, synthetics and organics, you can't work together. I'm like, dude, I just I got the Geth and the Quarian to work together. I solved their three hundred year long war. <laughs> right. Without best friends. You're I I proved your thesis wrong. <laughs> In the game, and you won't let me say that. That was so frustrating. Right, right. So then after all of that work of getting the Geth to where they can be friends with the Koreans and share the home world, now they want you to destroy them all or make everybody be connected in, a, in strange ways or, you know, like none of yeah. them. Yeah, there was Horrible no good endings. No. Anyways, so how long have you wanted to be an author, Cassie? So I've always had fun writing, even as a kid, I wrote all the time. But my actual dream to become an author, probably about five years ago, uh, I it was more of a, a mind shift from just having fun with it to like wanting to actually try this. And uh, about five years ago, I decided, you know, I, I think I can actually make this work. So we'll go with five years. <laughs> cool. So let's talk about your novel. Um. Is it Regen or Regen? Regen, short for regenerate. Okay, okay. Yes, so each of the books um, in the series have a different uh, fayability as the name of the book. So. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about your novel Regen. Penchant for trouble. Which is that word? Penchant for trouble. Yeah. Penchant for trouble. Yeah. Like a yearning, and you. She tends to get herself in trouble, even on by accident all the time. Thank you. I really like the series title. I just can't apparently say the word. So um, in our novel, nobody has defied the fairy council. So our main character is on the trail of the guy who did just that. Do you want to tell us about who your main character is? Or maybe it's the guy that defied the council. Okay. So uh, the main character is Trish Penchant. She uh, is a fae, but she grew up in the human foster care system and has kept that very quiet. Um, until she wakes up in the woods one day with a bullet wound and, um, that has healed because that's her fey ability is to heal and finds out that the council has found her and they issue her an ultimatum that she has to help capture an escaped fey fugitive or she has to go back to fairy. 
And she just has finally found a foster home that she's starting to like. And though she doesn't want to admit it, um, she really loves her foster parents. So the thought of being torn away from everything that she knows and taken to um, a place where her mom told her horror stories about before she was left at a human um, group home is really terrifying. So she has to join a team of Faye that she doesn't care much for <laughs> to help capture this escaped fugitive. And uh, the team includes her ex-boyfriend, who's actually the one that shot her because he works for the council. So, yeah, there, there's a lot that goes into this story. Yeah, that's uh, that can't be great. Only your <laughs> your ex, but he tried to murder you, and now yeah, you have right? to. Yeah, <laughs> you can see why that could have some conflict there. Yes, yes, they're not the best of friends at this point. <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine why. <laughs> I've shot all my ex girlfriends. Oh no, no can't do that. <laughs> With a camera, I hope. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's not something you should do. Like you shouldn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. like curse their name, but you know, or. I mean, I he's got know. good reason, and he tries to explain it to her, but she just has a hard time getting over that. Yeah, I've never had one of my characters kill, like shoot one of their exes. <laughs> mm. Food for thought. <laughs> I wanted my characters kill a romantic rival. I definitely oh, well. Not. Well, there you go. Similar. Surprisingly, that relationship <laughs> didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. So, we got a... That sounds like a really great plot. So, we're, you know, balancing. You know, we got to go on the mission. You're with people you don't trust. That's, uh, that's a lot of tension and conflict there. So... Where did you get the idea to saddle your main character with their ex-boyfriend that tried to murder them? Like, where did that idea come from? Yeah, so I originally just started the story um, from the foster parents' point of view. And because I wanted a way to make the main character not have parents involved like every YA story, right? Except for I, I wanted to sh- showcase good foster parents so the way to do that was i made her fey and then them human and so they had a hard time connecting and she couldn't explain some things to them and from there i moved on to my opening scene i could just see her waking up in the woods from from this terrible injury that she healed from and i was like well now like how did she get here (laughs) isn't that always great when you when you see a scene but you like have no idea what happened before that scene and uh so uh, I figured out that, you know, um, her boyfriend was actually a spy for the council the whole time. Um, and that's how they ended up getting together in the beginning. And then he did eventually begin to have real feelings for her. But um, he he was told he had to send her to fairy. And the way to do that is to shoot someone in the human world. If they're fae, they go straight back to fairy and they can't enter the human world again. So. He thought that he was just sending her to fairy, but her regenerative abilities got in the way of that. Ah, okay. Okay. And so, so he's a little, he's a tad justified now. <laughs> he definitely thinks so. And that's where, you know, some of the tension comes from <laughs> because he thinks he's, he was fine and she doesn't think quite so much that he was fine. Right. No, I mean, 
I, I, I get that. Like, I had one of my characters throw a knife through another character's eye because they mm. had to. It yeah. worked out. Like, the person came back to life. Well, there you go. It was necessary. No, yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you just, you know, gotta throw a knife into someone's eye to help them. That's you gotta just, do what you gotta do. That's just the way, you know, fantasy works sometimes. It's true. So I do, I have noticed that, I don't know, it seems like American way, you know, you mentioned the parents, but like, it seems in American way, it's always like, they always have like a, a single mother, usually. Mm-hmm. Or, American protagonists, and then British ones tend to have no parents at all. <laughs> like <laughs> that the British sounds just about like right. Go, the British like <laughs> to go for the orphans, it seems, and the Americans like to go for the the single mom. Started all the way back with Oliver Twist, huh? That's right. I think it's, it's Dickens' fault that the British, you know, are enamored with like the the orphan that you know somehow turns out to be a like well functioning member of society or whatever. Yeah. Even despite how cruel their upbringing <laughs> was. Uh, that's great. Like, like I mean, Harry Potter, right? Harry Potter yeah, not being exactly. as well adjusted as he is. <laughs> given yeah, I don't know. By the Dursleys. I, I think I'd have some serious PTSD if I went through half the stuff he did, so. Maybe, maybe not. Some people, like, some people get PTSD. Some people don't. It's right? true. It's just, it's that's just, true. uh. I mean, PTSD is just your body not getting out of that survival mode and getting stuck in it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's bad when that happens. And it, you can't, like, predict who it will happen to or, you know. But, yeah, that's – he shouldn't be as adjusted. It's like it's like Rey in, <laughs> in, um, in the new Star Wars movies, right? She grew mm-hmm. up like an orphan scrounging for parts, but she's – she doesn't act like a suspicious – kid that grew up on the streets having to like you know be mistrustful of every single person around her because like there's no yeah, one you, who, like nice to her no one to trust it I definitely mean, uh affects who you are as a person yeah that's i don't know that's that's, the, that's something you got to think about with characters like you have to really think about like how their background will shape them um otherwise you get weird characters like <laughs> like ray who's way too trusting um, is, you know, and should have a lot of, um, she should have a lot of abandonment issues. She should have a lot of uh, trust issues. She should be skittish given her street smarts. <laughs> yeah. Right. She should yeah. have street smarts. Of course. Yeah. She yeah. should be like, you know, ready to throw down that staff because she most likely would have had to, you know, mm-hmm. to protect herself, of course. Mm-hmm. And then you get a character like Finn, who's a brainwashed stormtrooper that's been. <laughs> <laughs> jokes all the time and it's, right and it's the same it's the same issue it's like he should not be he should not be socialized well if he's sort of a brainwashed stormtrooper that's just trained to kill and stuff i don't know <laughs> yeah you're not even allowed to see each other's faces so yeah yeah so like he's it was a great character and it's just you got to think about these things people authors think about them <laughs> that's right like, their background matters. If you're going to give them a messed up background like that, you need to, like, address it in your story. Otherwise, don't give them a messed up background. Give them a different background. It's perfectly fine to have characters that don't have a bunch of trauma in their past. Because, you know, there are people that grow up and don't really have trauma in their childhood. Yes. <laughs> no, I know you, would, you wouldn't think that from watching pop culture sometimes. But Correct. <laughs> people can grow up normal and still have, like, a character arc. 
They can still do interesting things. Agreed. So, yeah, (laughs) that's always important. So, (laughs) so, uh, what did you, so you got the series. So you got the first book out. Is there any more than just the first book out or you were there are, yeah, there are three out right now. And then I have the fourth one up for pre-order. It'll be coming out in hopefully September as of right now. Very awesome. Yeah. So you're like still in editing on that. Yes. And you got it up on the Amazon pre-order, so you kind of actually have to hit it out. So I actually set it for October, and then <laughs> if I have something that I have to bump it back, I won't be in trouble with Amazon. But I did um, pick the date of September sixth. Amazon gets yeah. weird if you don't make your pre-order date. I know. My I've got twelve. I put twelve books up for pre-order this year, and. Ooh. <laughs> like that pressure. Well, my publisher, he's like, yeah, we're going to release them every three weeks instead of every month. And I'm like, I think what? that's true. Now I'm just. <laughs> you like, are brave. Book five, <laughs> book five comes out tomorrow. Like, three more weeks, book six. And I'm like, I'm, it's like, it's fine. I just keep telling myself I'm editing. I'm doing rewrites in book 10 and my editor's on book eight. <laughs> well, at least like, the pressure's off you then. <laughs> it's not the one that's going to be in trouble with that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, well, I mean, she's only behind because she just took a vacation, but she's back at it, so hopefully she'll we'll be keeping up. But I don't know, it's just like, ah. It, it seemed a lot more doable like in January when we came up with this plan, and now I'm here. Hey, <laughs> going yeah. like, man, these books are coming out really fast. That would kill like, me, yeah. Yeah. That would kill me. You're a brave man, yeah. <laughs> I had it all written. And so I think I had, um, like, I had, I was working on, like, editing a book four when we came up with the plan. So I was like, okay, yeah, we're good. And like mm-hmm. I said, it was supposed to be a month. And then they're like, how about three weeks? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, sure, let's go for it. Ah, and, now, and now you'll know. You know. You'll know if you can do that in the future or not. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm on track to have my end done in time. Well, there you uh, go. I said I'm 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 almost done with my first rewrite of book ten, and I've not found any structural issues with it so far. Well, that's that's good. That's the major one right there. When you have to go back and completely change something. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe it's like you wrote you write like twenty five books, and maybe you just kind of get better at not making as bad mistakes on that end, anyways. That makes sense. Because my early novels, I I had some structural issues. Uh. But I don't know. These ones, these ones are seem to be coming together a bit better. So hopefully it all works out. And plus, they got shorter for the last three. So they're all like they got really big in the middle, and then they got short again. So that's also a nice thing. I'm not <laughs> like uh, it was like a twenty thousand difference in words. Oh, there like you go. Eight and nine, and I'm like, then, oh, this is going faster. Yeah, you feel like you're ahead now. I bet got through all the all the bigger ones. Yeah, and the last book's the shortest of all. 12 of them actually, but I didn't even get it. Yeah, it's like almost as short as the first book. So, yeah, it's good. But, uh, so you got, uh, three of these books out, got book four on the way. Do you got anything else in the works or are you just all in on the, the Pachat series? So I also have a portal series that I have one book out and one on the way. Um, and that one's about, a girl from another world who comes here and then she ends up having to go back, but a friend that she made here goes with her 
to help her solve some of her problems. So <laughs> that one's harder to go into without spoilers. That's fair. Well, would you like to tell our listeners where they can connect with you on the Internet? Sure. I have um, a TikTok account, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I'm not on Twitter a ton, but I do check in there. Um, Instagram. Um, mostly you'll see pictures of my family, my horses, you know, my country life that I love. <laughs> um, but so most author type stuff would be in my Penchant for Trouble reader group on Facebook or my TikTok account. And basically everything is under C. Greitman. So C-G-R-E-U-T-M-A-N. All right. Well, that's really great. It was uh, awesome chatting with you, Cassie. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. You have yourself a good one. You too. This has been Authors in Focus. You can find my fantasy novels on Amazon. Follow news of my writing at my blog, jmd-read.com. And follow me on Twitter, at jmdread. You can also join my reader group on Facebook, Fantastical Worlds of the Imagination. You can find more episodes of the podcast at fantasy-focus.com and wherever your favorite podcast is hosted.